are Locked On Astros, your daily Houston Astros podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at EricTalkStros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You could get Locked On Astros on podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in the car, tell your smart device to play the podcast, Locked On Astros. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. We have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot of it's going to sound crazy. Some of it's going to sound weird. But I wanted to take a second to, A, to discuss two things over the weekend that uh, we didn't get a chance to address in last uh, week's show. First of all, Art Howe, former Astros manager, he does some some TV work with the Astros from time to time, but uh, he was admitted. Uh, I think he had coronavirus, uh, but I believe that he was in there for five days and then was sent home and he seems to be recovering pretty well. So I'm glad that he's okay. But unfortunately, Bob Watson, uh, everybody remember him as the Astro who played from 1966 to 1979. A lot of people remember him as, I think he was like, um, I think he was over disciplined for the whole league for a certain point, part. And he was just, um, he did stuff after his baseball career, but he'll always be known for his time with the Astros. Astros and a guy who almost gave up in the minor leagues. And this is a guy who uh, played baseball until 1984. So, um, Brett, do you have anything to add? Yeah, you know, Bob Watson was actually my grandfather's favorite player. Um, they would go to Kissimmee and they would go watch the Astros in spring training. It was one of my um, grandpa's favorite guys to watch. I do know that he got well over 150 hits several years um, in his career in Astros uniform. And after his playing career, he was a general manager of the New York Yankees. And so he has a pretty storied career. He actually scored the one millionth run in Major League Baseball history. So I think that's a pretty cool thing to hold above your head he was also a two-time all-star so he will definitely be missed he was beloved by Houston fans whether you're young or old you knew about Bob Watson you heard about him and from what I understand a, a man of character he was humble and he was down to earth so um he'll be missed and we would like to say um, we're, we're super happy, and I'd like to extend my congratulations to Art Howe for making it out successfully, and we hope that that's the case for any other people um, or celebrities or baseball players that deal with the same thing. We know it's tough, and we want to thank our frontline workers, Eric, um, all those people that are out there putting their life on the line, helping the people in the medical field and first responders. We definitely do appreciate them here on Locked on Astros. I know that uh, everybody wants baseball to return, and I think the players want that. I believe that the owners want that because the owners say they're going to lose millions and billions of dollars if they don't uh, if they don't have baseball season, and definitely if they play without fans. This is something that baseball has never done before. It's a spectator sport, but it's something that you're going to have to adapt to in 2020. Because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, I know we got a lot of people out there who have got the virus. Now they're healthy. 
We don't know if people are immune. And so players are very scared of this. We see people like Blake Snell and uh, I think Bryce Harper. I think I saw something where Mike Trout said something. Nolan Arenado. They're coming out and saying that while they want, they understand that people want them to play baseball, but they want to be safe. They, they don't want to be put in a situation where they could contract the coronavirus and then spread it around. So uh, baseball is, uh, I don't know how deep they've gone into the actual money side of things yet, but but I know that they released a 87 page or 86 page or something report on basically the health of what's going to happen in the 2020 season. We're not going to be able to get touch all of it, but we're going to just kind of address this. We'll kind of talk about how it affects the Astros, how it affects everybody in general. But it's just weird to think that um, you can't all ride in the same bus anymore. I remember one time I called Jeff Blum and they're on the way to the airport and uh, he was in a bus full of, with all the players and that's not going to happen anymore. You're going to have to basically take one of six buses. There's going to be uh, normally they have an early bus and a late bus, but they're not going to do that anymore. They're going to have six different buses. And my thing is, Brett, how are they going to do the airplanes? Are they going to have to have multiple flights? Are they going to have to have a early flight, a middle flight, and a late flight? There's so much to consider, and uh, that's before you even get to the money. No, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think I think flying could probably easily be solved. I know a lot of the teams have whatever their their sponsored airline flies them around. And if I mean, if you had teams uh, that were based on the West Coast and the Central and the in the East or whatever, most of them might be within driving distance of each other, so they might be able to take a couple buses. But in the plane, I mean, you could just put put your players on one plane and your coaching staff on another. I, I would think is is how you would do it because a lot of those planes are big enough to do that. But there are other things that they're discussing, talking about, um, talking about testing, like um, some players on like Mondays, or I'm just making up just a day on Monday. It's your day to get the coronavirus test. Tuesday, it's your day to get it. And so they're going to have to do that. Um, they could um, do monthly blood tests for for the for the um, for the coronavirus antibodies. Um, players aren't liking things like proposals where they're not allowed to shower at the stadium. It's kind of a big deal. You just play a game, you play nine innings. You stink. You, <laughs> Yeah, you stink and you're uncomfortable and you're dirty and you're nasty. You don't want to get in your car and go home and take that to the house. Um, hot tubs, cold tubs, saunas, steam rooms, cryotherapy. No, basically... What I think could happen as a result, as much as I want baseball to happen, these are pro athletes. These are aging adults. These are guys even in their 20s that are young that require routine and their muscles require a certain amount of strength, um, you know, stretching, um, conditioning. And the bottom line is if you don't have these things available to them, Eric, you could make them more prone to injury. And so while I am all on board with starting baseball, when you start really getting to the muck and mire of things, it's really hard to just say, yeah, let's just open it up and play. It's different with a little league team and nine, 10, 11 and 12 year olds than it is with a pro athlete that has a body that's used to certain types of conditioning. And Eric, they've been on pause and out of the regular routine, especially if you've only done it for one year, your body remembers things. And 
I, I don't know, man. I just this is a this is a tough nut to crack. This is not easy. I mean, everything, Eric, down to using iPads, down to exchanging lineup cards. It is a multifaceted, big, hairy problem. Yeah, it's something that they're gonna have to deal with is the size of the locker rooms because uh, we're we already know that there could be up to fifty players on the uh, not on a active roster, but up to what thirty players on a active roster, then twenty on a travel squad. So in case you need somebody and uh, this this is something you have to address where are they can sit during the game. Are they going to have to sit in the stands? Um, if you have a fever, you have to isolate yourself and until your fever goes down or go do a test or something like that. And then you, there's just so much that you have to uh, kind of think about. And it's uh, when you walk into a stadium, I know a lot of people like to dress up to go to a stadium, but they're going to have to wear masks now. So as they're walking through stadium in the locker room, they're going to have to be wearing masks. So can you imagine George Springer and his DJing up there with a mask on and uh, just all the partying? But it's going to be half the team's going to be in there. The other half's going to be in another locker room uh, that they designate. And it's there's not going to be a lot of people in the fans. I think that they have three different tiers. They have tier one, which is the players and like the coaches, the um, assistants. And then they're talking about having a tier two, which is like the – I would say like the GM, the front office people, the people who have to be there for a day-to-day business people. But you also have the tier three, which is the cleanup crew, the guys that are got to go out there and, and uh, clean up all the sunflower seeds. But wait, you can't uh, spit sunflower seeds. You can't spit tobacco. So, um, no, no backy. You can't do the high fives. You can't uh, do all the dances the Astros uh, like to do, all the celebration, all the high fives. There's just going to be a lot of changes, and it's just crazy to even think about. But that's what baseball is going to be for a while, and uh, we just have to kind of learn that. So if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Astros is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Astros fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, but a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Astros fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Astros podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We will get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit locked slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. In the days of negative news and bad headlines, it's time to sit down and listen to the number one protein bar on the market. It's Built Bar. Man, are they tasty. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, and I would like to highlight my personal favorite, banana nut bread. Only has 15, 150 calories, 18 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. And it's wrapped in 100% real chocolate. That's right, boys and girls, just like a real candy bar. You can eat this and feel good about yourself. Why? Because it's good for you, and it's easy to chew. And not only that, but it also provides you the satisfaction and energy you need pre, post, 
mid-workout, wherever you need to do it. So go to BuiltBar.com. If you like what you hear, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Take it from me, H-Town Wheelhouse. Order you a box today using the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24, Life and Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as the greatest all-around baseball player in history, uh, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experiences meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspirational story of one of the sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 right now wherever audiobooks are sold. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about this. So spring training. We kind of know some stuff. We know that it's supposed to start around June 10th. Um, I'm looking at my watch and my calendar. That's coming up pretty soon. And I don't, are they going to be done with this negotiation by June 10th in order to start playing baseball? Because don't uh, forget this. You could, uh, you could maybe settle like a few days before, but these guys got to travel. Some of them got to travel all the way from uh, Seattle to, um, to what uh, Florida or Arizona, and uh, they're going to have to have all night games. I think we even suggested that one time uh, on our podcast is having a lot of night games because of the heat and the humidity or whatever in uh, Florida. So uh, it's just spring training is going to be, or I guess we should say spring training 2.0 would be different. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is this. If you use common sense and you plan this out beforehand and the players and owners come to an agreement, they will, in fact, I believe, have what they need. I mean, when you go into a grocery store, Eric, and you see plastic shields in front of a cash cashier, like when I went to our one of our local stores, they now in the self-checkout line have put a plastic shield in between each register. They didn't have that until today. And so you go about using it common sense. And maybe the first, maybe part of spring training isn't just getting the players ready to play. Maybe it's getting the atmosphere ready, the environment ready, fine-tuning things. And the only way you're going to know is with trial and error. And going into it, they're not going to put themselves in a position where it's going to be dangerous for others. I do know that there are people out there that think that if you absolutely start the season, that is the most horrible idea and that will never work and it's terrible and you must be an awful person if you think baseball is more important than people's lives. That's not what we're saying. These are millionaires and billionaires. We know that. They're somewhat entitled to have their own opinions. And yeah, the mighty dollar is king here. But at the same time, these players won't negotiate anything that puts them on the fringe or puts them close to putting their lives in danger. So one thing that kind of stood out to me is it says it's limited to 50 players per club. You know how many minor leaguers there are out there? We'll have to ask Jimmy next time we have him on. But uh, there's a lot of minor leaguers out there. And it just seems like the Astros have to decide, like, basically right away who's going to be on that roster. And you know it's most likely going to be the 40-man roster plus some additional people. Somebody like maybe Forrest Whitley or uh, just some other people like that who you could possibly use this year. 
but uh, you're going to have to uh, play these night games. And I think they even said umpires will have a four crew, uh, maybe five crew, depending on the heat, because they don't want these umpires passing out because of the heat, especially in Arizona. And it's it's just going to be, they're going to have a limited amount of games. Justin Verlander, even if he returns on time, he's not going to build up to throw seven innings on opening day. This is something that they're going to have to, kind of build up on and that's why they're having a 30-man roster maybe uh, that way you can have Verlander pitch three innings like or four innings like it's game two or three of spring training you know I want to know this you you had mentioned Blake Snell earlier and we've all seen his rant and I I don't know like like to me his his words kind of fell fell flat with me um, because that, that, that guy's got 45 million coming to him guaranteed so and he talked about um, getting the Rona, called it the Rona, and it was like, bro, this and bro, that. It was just kind of like, it was just, I don't know, I was really annoyed by it. But I wonder how many players feel like him. I, I believe Mike Trout may have said something. I think Mike Trout is like, has has a child on the way. And so a younger dad, someone who's expecting, someone who has an infant, I can, I can get their fears, their worries, their concerns. But I wonder how many of these players, Eric, really feel the way that like Blake Snell feels like. And this is what I want to know. If they come to an agreement and Blake Snell's like, well, I'm not going to put my put my my health on the line. I wonder if he really holds out. I I want to know if the if the MLB would. He wants his money. He wants his money. He's going to play if he's if he's really true to his word. He wants his money and he'll play. And that's the thing. If you uh, I think they've they have it open where if you don't feel if you have underlying conditions or something, you don't have to play, but you're not going to get paid either. So and that goes into the whole thing about how are we going to pay these people? That's where the whole 50 50 revenue sharing comes about. And players like, well, we want this amount. But then the teams are like, look, uh, we we made that agreement because at the time we didn't know that uh, nobody would be allowed to go to games. We didn't know that people weren't going to buy beer or popcorn or whatever you buy at the stadium. We thought we would have all this revenue, but they're going to be living off of basically TV revenue and they're probably going to have to jack up those prices. And, but people want baseball, but at the same time, I just, I don't know if uh, people like that at the end of the day, I think that they'll change their mind a little bit. But I do think that this could get ugly and it could get very ugly if this season is canceled because we saw what happened during the 2004 strike and all, a lot of the other strikes. But the 2004 strike, I believe it was, right? That really set baseball back for a while and it took a long time for it to recover. But why did it recover? Because of people like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and all these like young stars now, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., just all these superstars out there, Alex Bregman. And uh, I think baseball is at all time high right now, but at the same time, they're just trying to do what's best for everybody. And the just it's just weird to see that uh, pitchers will have their own personal uh, rosin bag, and they can't like touch their lips anymore. Like they're not supposed to anyway. But uh, so all these different rules, and including no spitting, no fighting. And I, everybody's like, well, there's not supposed to be any fighting anyway. But no, they're talking about if you fight somebody, uh, then you're basically getting way too close. You're uh, violating the social distancing rules and you're going to be in trouble. And not just the typical trouble, you're going to be in more trouble. This is the league's way of protecting our beloved Astros, Eric. Wow. The <laughs> the commissioner is in our, he's in our side of the court on this. Wow. Good job, Rob. Yeah, because that's what everybody assumes. Oh, I guess that means they can't have retribution on the Astros. 
they get off easy once again. No, okay, I think you were talking about the 1994 strike because you said 2004, and I believe you just – Oh, yeah, 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 just, sorry. No, it's okay. But in 1994, that strike really killed a lot of fandom and um, baseball fans left the game. You know, Major League Baseball has an opportunity here to open things up. And um, our friend Sully says on Locked on MLB, he talks about this all the time, how MLB really shoots itself in the foot when it comes to um, growing the sport. Um, They limit their content. They limit the ability of the videos from the games and the highlights to be shown unless you have an ESPN subscription or something like that. So this is a great opportunity to open things up, make games free, make games available for everybody, get people involved, get the fans involved, make it fan interactive, have Twitter nights, things like that. Um, Bryce Harper had some interesting things. He wants to propose like an East and West type of NBA um, scenario, and we can talk more about that. But I think what it's going to come down to, Eric, is is baseball, the players included, and the owners, are they willing to lose fans for not playing? I really think that they lose a lot more fans if they don't play than if they go forward. Because let's just say by July, everything's opened up. I don't know, everything, maybe not California with the exception of California, because they kind of like to do their own thing. Um, let's say most people are opened up and other sports are going and baseball is not. That's going to be a really bad look. I mean, numbers are going down places. And it, it's just, at the end of the day, I think they have to have some kind of a season. It's It would be good for the players in the long run. Um, they can self-isolate for a few months. And it's not really going to count, but it is. They need that time. And But like you said, what are the minor leaguers going to do? Are they, are they going to do that Arizona hybrid fall league like we've talked about? They might have to do that, and that's something we can talk about in another podcast. But I saw a video, I think it was by Baseball Bros. I think it was just some random guy dressed as in an Angels uniform, and uh, a ball was hit to him at first base. So he gets out the, sanita- the um, Lysol wipes and then wipes the ball and then tries to still catch the guy going to first base and then – uh, he he. Uh, before he goes to bat, he like sprays himself all the way down with Lysol, and mm-hmm. uh, he's wearing masks the whole time. He had so. a mask the whole time. Yes. Yeah. It, it's hilarious. Just uh, the stuff that they're gonna have to do to be safe, and like uh, in between, like let's say that a ball is hit to left field, and you have multiple people touch it, uh, like it goes <laughs> left field to first base. You might as well just throw it out of play because uh, a lot of people have touched it, and they're gonna in between innings, they're gonna have to sanitize their hands, they're gonna have to wash their hands. And even in bullpen, I saw where they're going to have individualized personal balls for uh, the pitchers. So like when um, Asuna warms up, it's going to say Roberto Asuna only. And he can probably (laughs) only warm up with that one catcher. And And they both have to sanitize before and after. And it just... It's it's gonna be a different style of baseball. It's gonna be something that we're gonna enjoy watching. I know a lot of people are enjoying watching the KBO. I haven't got really into it yet, but uh, there's a lot of people just just want to see baseball. And if it's a little bit different this time, that's great. But the NBA, what they're doing is they're giving the commissioner all this ability to just basically, okay, you protect the league, you set things up. We'll go along with it. But it just seems like there's so much animosity between both sides, uh, between the owners, the players. And uh, it, it's I'm not saying that there's not going to be a season, but it's it's just kind of I know they're on the right track. But that money, that money is not it's not going any, away. And I just don't know. All, all this stuff is great. But same time, 
how are you going to work out this money thing? And who is this going to hurt more? Is this going to hurt more uh, like Justin Verlander or somebody like Kyle Tucker who's not making a lot anyway? So there's just so much to kind of uh, discuss before we even start thinking about actually playing. Right, yeah. And, and I don't know if you want me to go into that Bryce Harper proposal, what all he had kind of said, or maybe not all of it, but some of those, some of those things he was, he basically proposed like a 135 game season where it was like, you would have a round robin style playoff tournament. You would have an off day every two weeks on a Monday and a Sunday, a, a, a double header, which was seven innings. And he just basically talked about 30 players, six man rotation, um, a DH, um, a two week World Series, kind of like the College World Series. And that to me shows innovation. That to me shows that players do want to play. Not everybody is like Blake Snell. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Blake Snell does have a career now as a, um, as a MLB show streamer. Maybe he can get followers and stuff like that and do that. But I like it when players go out of their way to try to think of creative ways to do things. But that's not the only thing, Eric, that has gone on that I've heard about. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, the king of the NBA, LeBron James, um, who produces shows, and he produced a cool show that I like called The Wall. It was actually kind of fun. My son and I liked watching that. He is now, um, he has producers in production of creating a docu-series on the Astros, and it's going to be called Sign Language, tentatively. <laughs> Number one, I think the title's horrible. Number two, um, I find it funny that a guy who travels, flops, kicks, and does his own cheating on the court almost every game in the NBA wants to chronicle cheaters because he's so miffed about cheating in the professional sports league. Yeah, I when I first saw that, um, like the wording of it was like entitled uh, sign language, and I <laughs> I thought that was perfect definition for it. Like a lot of people thought the Astros were entitled, and they really um, they they really had the balls to do it, and they didn't have to do it, and they were just showing uh, people up. But uh, I yeah, I think it's interesting. I did find something on the flights. Um, they're no longer allowed to use like rideshare people like Lyft and Uber. They can only use what team control transportation or personal transportation. So if they're on the road and George Springer wants to uh, wants to go back home early, he has to make sure he uh, rides with the bus. He can't just go ahead and take his own Uber home. And uh, there, whenever possible, teams are to fly into smaller airports. So they're going to try to avoid the big crowded ones. So I guess something like, now, I don't know if that means like Hobby Airport or like Ellington Field or something like that, but that's something to consider here. But there's a lot of different stuff that we can't even get into one podcast. But the thing that's very interesting to me is I bring up again, only 50 players spring training. So we have to basically know who's going to be active and then what the heck do you do with all these other people? That's something that we'll have to decide over the next uh, few weeks or so. And you know the players, the owners, they're all trying to work together because they know that they need baseball. And speaking of which, uh, Governor Abbott made an announcement today. Do you uh, want to tell them what they said? Yeah, definitely. Um, Governor Abbott did say that May, as of May 31st, professional baseball can return to the state of Texas. Also, like whatever other sports, basketball, NASCAR, all those things. And so that's a really good sign. That opens things up 
for the league. The more states that are open, um, the better. I know, like I said earlier, our our little league is actually we're starting practices this week, and it's the parents' choice whether they want their kid or not to play. So we actually have enough of our we have ten of our twelve players that are going out there. And we are opening up, I think, in a responsible way. I do like this move by Governor Abbott. So by May 31st, they can start practicing. We'll see the Rockets hopefully on the court. We'll see the the Astros will be able to, um, seems like, go to um, Minute Maid Park. Um, And now what's going to be interesting are the local jurisdictions and the county judges, because we know our local county judge, Harris County, doesn't agree, nor the mayor of Houston doesn't agree with Governor Abbott. And so... That will be an interesting thing. We've seen how they try to mandate things and it not get held up in court. At the end of the day, it is what it is. We've got to move on at some point. We just can't stay in neutral. Yeah, so uh, that's all we got for tonight's podcast. Um, I believe we have a special guest tomorrow, right? Yes, we did. Uh, who's we that have special guest? That special guest is Jimmy Price of Astros Future. So we'll definitely be talking to him about the minor leagues because that's just really intriguing what they're going to do. And with these guys, are they going to need paying them for nothing? Are they going to go work out somewhere? But there's got to be something that they're going to do with that. But uh, guys, that's all we got for tonight's Locked on Astros podcast. Uh, now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hear what Sully has to say about everything. Whether you like him, love him, or hate him, uh, just go ahead and listen. Listen to Locked on Astros podcast and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.